You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Today, I want to talk to you about the true value of having an amazing partner, an amazing girlfriend. I've touched upon this on other episodes, but I wanted to dedicate one episode to this, mainly because after I've been in a relationship now for four years with the right person, I have seen tremendous amount of value in my life. And it's been just incredible. The, the changes that you can make in your life and the moods that you have in your life and the way that you're able to just produce a productive life when you have the right people in it. You know, there's that saying, there's probably about two or three people who are quoted with this, so I don't really know who it originates from. I think Jim Rohn is, is one of the people that says that the five closest people around you make up the average of who you are. So again, we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with, right? So that means that we really take on the energies, the attitudes, the moods of the people we spend our time around. So can you imagine when you get into a relationship, that's someone who you're spending a lot of time with. Uh, In some cases, you could be spending a majority of your day around them. Now that people work from home, so imagine living together and you're working from home, you're seeing that person all the time. And it's, it's hard to get away from that person. So that person has to be someone who's a good pick because it can absolutely destroy your life if it's not. But I want to stay positive on this episode and just really talk about, because I've talked about how it can destroy you. Maybe maybe not enough, but I've, I've definitely discussed and I really want to discuss more about how it can help you. Again, from anecdotal evidence, but, but also uh, there, there are studies that have shown that men live longer when they're in marriages and successful relationships. So it's really just such a benefit overall to have good people in your life, especially the person you're going to spend a lot of time around. Now, I want to give a little disclaimer here because on this episode, I'm not trying to convince you to get into a relationship. I'm not even trying to convince you to get married. That's not what this episode is about. I'm really speaking to the people who already know they want that. And so you can understand how to do it properly so you find the right person. And of course, encourage it more, but specifically encourage finding the right person. And if you are someone who maybe you're not sure, I have a lot of people that I talk to who want to join the coaching program at Trip Advice, and I hear all their stories and some people aren't sure. They say, I don't know, maybe I'll get married one day. Maybe there's kids in the future. Maybe that's something I want to do. I want to date around first and have fun and enjoy. So maybe I'm talking to you right now and potentially this information will end up just encouraging you to want to be in a, in a partnership. Again, not my 
not my personal choice here to convince you. I don't really care what you want. I know people who are live great lives and are very successful and enjoy never being in an actual relationship. So there's nothing wrong with that. I just want to give you the side of, of what it's like to be in that relationship. Okay, so well, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let me talk about first personal stuff. Things that I've seen in my life. So I have a setup with Megan where she takes care of a lot of the chores. It's a very, it's a very traditional setup. And she takes care of a lot of the food, the cleaning, the organizing of the home. And that has allowed me to be able to work on trip advice at insane levels. Levels that I was not able to do before I was living with somebody. Now, there's things you could do, right? It's like you could hire people to come pick up your laundry. You can spend money on those things and hire someone to clean and to cook. You can, you can do that and to take care of the home, but you still have to manage it. So there's still some work involved somewhere. So it's amazing that I can just focus on the thing that I'm super passionate about. And it allows me to work longer. I, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'd be considered a workaholic, but I think a technical workaholic is someone that works so much that it destroys their life. For me, it's not destroying my life. I find that there's so much to do and there's so much I enjoy doing that I work from the second I wake up to, you know, and I wouldn't say always to the second I go to bed. I do break at night, but I'm working all day and into dinner. And then sometimes after dinner, and there's definitely weekends where I have to do things too. And I'm now able to do that more because I have things that are taken off from me. Now you might not have a traditional setup and that might not be something that, that you are doing, but I'm just kind of explaining my situation and what's made it so beneficial for me. Because here's the deal, my friend. I absolutely love Megan and I plan on and continue to, to hope to continue to love her for, for forever, right? For a very long time. But just understand that no matter where love is in the relationship, there is a big aspect beyond love and it's partnership. And partnership shows up when you are building and creating and maintaining a life together. So in the beginning, there's a lot of high-flying emotions, a lot of those lovey emotions where you are in super infatuation mode. And then over time, that starts to wane and you guys end up living together, maybe getting married, spending a lot of time together. You know, Megan and I have been together for, like I said, four years, married for the past six months. And... And now I can, I can see how it's becoming this partnership, making these life decisions together, understanding how we're going about our day-to-day, who's doing what and what's happening. And so whether you want a traditional setup or not, whether your partner is going to be working, whatever they're going to be doing, someone needs to do something somewhere. 
For example, someone needs to take the trash out sometime. Someone needs to be, or both people need to be, paying for the bills that are coming in, saving for retirement, and and the list goes on and on of all the different activities that need to be done. And if it's not done by you guys, maybe it's managed and you're hiring people to do it, right? So there's a lot of couples who, if they're both in high paying jobs, they might hire a nanny. So the nanny can take care of the kids, for example, but then they also have to figure out who's managing the nanny. Or maybe there's you're so wealthy that you have someone who's a house manager and an assistant and takes care of all that stuff. Who knows? Or you guys are doing it. it. The point is, is someone needs to be doing something somewhere, whether it's one person or both people or no people or hiring, etc. You're living a life together. You're doing things together. So you're going to have to figure out what that is and you're going to have to figure out what kind of setup makes you happy. And ideally, listener, you're doing this way before you're in a relationship. That's what I did and didn't do. When I was in my 20s and early 30s, I was getting into relationships where I wasn't thinking about any of this and I was picking the wrong partners. Some really nice women I I got into relationships with, some not so nice women. And either way, I didn't have a clear vision of what I wanted. And then I finally got the clear vision of what I wanted, figured that out for myself which then led me into my next relationship, which was with Megan. And I was able to clearly outline, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. Because I knew that I did not want to deal with some of the household management items. I wanted to deal with, on a very high level here, just wanted to deal with finances and bills And then I wanted to deal with just building trip advice. And so whether it was going to be a wife or a girlfriend or a partner, or it's going to be someone else that I'm going to pay to help me do that, that's the kind of situation that I wanted. So I ended up in a relationship now with with Megan, who, well, we're actually starting a little side project with her. She's starting a dance YouTube channel, but that's not something that's taking up a significant amount of her time. So she's going to be teaching some dance and fitness classes on her YouTube channel. And so it's kind of like a pet project, something that she's passionate about and she can do. And she spends the rest of her time managing the household. And by the way, we're going to go deeper here. This goes beyond just chores and and doing household stuff, there, there's there's more to be said here, but it starts with just some of the basic stuff, which has helped me in my life and can help you in your life. And so you got to think about what kind of relationship you want and how you see it. Where do you see the value of having a partner? I don't think guys think about that. I think they think about it on a very, very biological level. Of course, we like partners because we like to have sex and we like partners because we like to feel loved and we like the human connection. But it goes a little bit deeper than that. The relationships start to blossom into something incredibly different and uh, almost complicated. I don't say that really in a negative way, but that's what a relationship is. It is complicated. There's many assets to it, facets to it, sorry. So 
So it's good to be thinking about all that and, and what do you want? What kind of relationship do you want and, and how do you want the value from it? So for me, I wanted someone who can handle the day-to-day stuff, the house stuff, also handle some of the social stuff, like what we're going to be doing for our social life. And of course, the basic stuff, you know, obviously connection, love, sex, partnership, and an emotional connection, those good things. But then I learned after being in a relationship for a while that there's other things like support. Days aren't always easy. There's something to be said about you had a hard day at work because not every day is, is going to be roses. And then you get to spend time with a partner who is super positive and optimistic and gives you full support and doesn't nag you and supports what you're doing in your vision that knows that, hey, babe, I gotta, it's Sunday and, and I'm sorry, I got to cut this short. I got to take a call. I got to hop on a call with a guy who's interested in doing coaching. I got to hop on a meeting with my team and my coaches and my sales team. And I got to talk to my assistant, my customer service or whatever it is. And then instead of getting that, okay, you get that. Sounds good. Yeah, no problem. Good. Have a great call. And I'm glad we got to spend most of the day together and we'll hang out afterwards. So, There's something to be said about having an optimistic, positive energy around you. There's something to be said about someone who supports your vision and also someone on top of everything is a really good communicator and can communicate to you in a non-passive aggressive way. I'm going to take this into a quick story. I'm working with a client right now. We've been working together for a few months And he pretty much has a girlfriend. I say pretty much because if he wanted to, he can call her his girlfriend, but he just wants to keep dating. But she's she's hooked on him completely. To the point where he was brutally honest with her. He said, listen, I want to be honest with you and let you know that I'm going to be out there dating other people. I'm not ready to get into a committed relationship yet. And she said, that's fine. And she's sticking around. But something ended up happening last weekend she ended up saying some very passive-aggressive stuff. He ended up saying something about going to some event over the weekend, and she texted him back and said, oh, is it with one of your girlfriends? And then gave one of these emoji faces that looked like she was frustrated. And that was very passive-aggressive. It's passive-aggressive because She's bothered by something and she's being sarcastic about it instead of communicating clearly. So I ended up getting the screenshot of that text from my client. He said, what should I say? And I said, you need to nip this in the bud immediately. Well, I said, one, you don't have to deal with this. If you find someone who's passive aggressive, you can just be like, hey, we're done. You can have a zero tolerance for just anyone who's passive aggressive. Right? So you can just do that. Or he's like, well, you know, I want to give her a shot. So I said, okay, so you're going to say this to her. So I wrote a text and I'm not going to read it word for word, uh, actually because my work phone isn't on me, but the general idea was, hey, I can sense that you might be upset about something here. So if you want to talk about this, I'm happy to talk, but I don't want to have passive aggressive texts, something like that. And then they got on the phone and they discussed it and everything was fine. 
even if everything wasn't fine, the real point of this story was he has a clear vision for the person he wants to be with. He does not like, in fact, he told me he absolutely can't stand, and I actually agree with him, people who are passive aggressive and he doesn't want a passive aggressive partner. So in order to make sure you're not with someone like that, you need to cut them off fast or when you see it, tell that person, I don't like this. That's called boundaries. And that's super important. Anyway, I digress back to the big topic at hand, right? Well, what I'm saying here is having a partner in your life that adds value. Or I should even say having the right partner or the right girlfriend just makes your life better. And it's in some ways I knew that, but there's, a, there's another way of experiencing that. You know, I'll say one thing. Uh, there's something specific with Megan and I. You know, we are human. Not everyone can be in a positive mood all the time. But there's one thing about being able to recognize when you're not in a great mood and then communicating that. And when you're with someone for several years, you're going to recognize that. So for example, with Megan, I know when she might be in a annoyed or frustrated mood, a mood about something that's going on. And when I sense it, and this, by the way, this took a little while to communicate and figure this out, but if I ever sense it, and again, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, I say, hey, do you need some space right now? And she just goes, yes. Great. And then I move on my way. So that might mean in this situation, let's say I coming off of a call or doing a podcast like this and I go see her and she's kind of frustrated. I'm trying to talk to her about something. I can just be like, are you, do you need some space right now? She'll say yes. Perfect. So clear communication, clear boundaries and understanding what's going on with your partner. So I don't want this episode to be specifically about how to communicate with your partner, but the idea here is when you have good communication with your partner, it allows the relationship to be that much better. And then in order to have that, you need to be someone who's willing to do that. You need to be with someone who's willing to do that. And of course yourself, who knows, maybe you're someone who's passive aggressive, who doesn't know how to communicate properly. Maybe you're a person who's in a rough mood all the time that can have an effect on the relationship too, because then maybe it affects the way your partner feels. So it really is this synergistic relationship where there's this balance and this kind of back and forth that's happening between you two, being able to just be effective at the highest levels and being able to communicate properly and understand what kind of life you want to live and what some of your bigger goals are and what you want in your day-to-days. And it's so important to be able to know some of these things so that you can filter for the right woman. And then once you have that woman, be able to communicate clearly with them so you can have just the best chance at a great relationship, which then makes your life easier. And if I had to almost sum it all up into why having a great partner is so powerful is because it makes your life easier. Because the opposite can happen. If you have a bad partner, and I've experienced this, who just doesn't 
add anything to the relationship, brings you down, is negative all the time, isn't helpful, just kind of not doing anything that's going to be productive for you or the relationship or herself. It brings you down. It's not neutral. It actually goes the opposite way. It can really take down your life. And even on the worst ends of things, which is why there's a lot of men these days who are, are not getting married, it's because they fear getting into a relationship where it can turn into divorce, which can ruin you financially, ruin you emotionally. Of course, we don't want that. That is the opposite end of things. And there's a lot of talk about that in the manosphere, in the red pill arena, all those discussions on you know, how a woman can destroy you. But there's really not enough discussions about how amazing it can be if you do it correctly. And remember, it's not just about getting laid. And I know that's important. I understand that it is. But there's more time in the day besides getting laid. There's other things happening. And there's other things that are need to be done and things that are going on that are going to have such an effect. So you got to be just making sure that everything in the relationship and around the relationship and treating it like a business in a sense is performing at the levels that it needs to be so you can have that better and easier life. I think you get the general idea. You know, if you need help with this, with what exactly? Well, figuring out what kind of partner you're looking for and what kind of life you actually want and what you see. Or if you need help with finding that person, maybe you do have a good idea. Maybe you're listening and you're like, yeah, I know exactly the kind of lifestyle I want, what kind of relationship I want, what I want it to look like and what I want to be doing, what I would like my partner to be doing and all that good stuff. But you just don't know how to get to that point. We do have a coaching program. We can guide you. We can help you. You can go to tripadvicecoaching.com. And what's really cool is you end up getting a free call because you talk to one of the people on my onboarding team and they'll discuss with you your whole situation. So you get all this clarity on what's going on with you and your problems. And we ask questions that you've never been asked before. Questions that maybe even at times you're like, wow, this is a super deep. And it really helps you get that clarity that you might not have had just thinking on a general day-to-day basis of you know what you're looking for and what you want. So you get that call, and in order to get that call and to see if coaching is a good fit, you go to tripadvicecoaching.com, fill out that application, and we will help you, and we will guide you. If you want more information on this too, you can just DM me on Instagram. Just DM me. You can DM me the word girlfriend, and we'll, we'll chat with you. And I'll chat with you personally and see what's going on with you and and see how we can help. So get on Instagram, DM me the word girlfriend, and we'll, we'll take it from there. Now I want to answer some questions people have been writing in. You can write in also. You can write in to me, trip at tripadvice.com is my email. Put in the subject line podcast question, 
and then I'll answer it here on the podcast, like I'm about to do right now with Josh. Josh says, hey, Trip, I'm kind of new here. I've enjoyed all your content and even bought a copy of Magnetic. By the way, he's referencing my book called Magnetic, and you can get it too. It's on Amazon. It teaches you everything about meeting and attracting women. He says, my question, about a year ago, my parents fell upon hard times, so I allowed them to move in with me. We're parting ways at the beginning of 2023. I just turned 35 on Friday. I have no issues with approaching women, but I fear that I won't be able to escalate things past the first few dates because I have nowhere to bring them for any possible sexual encounters. Am I just making excuses for myself? Is there a way to move the interaction to their house or apartment? I'm great at talking to strangers and keeping things fun, funny, and interesting. Should I just wait until I live alone again? Thanks, Josh. Well, Josh, good news for you is 2023 is just around the corner. So it sounds like you only have to put up with this for what? I don't know, three, four more months at the most. But I get it. That can be a long time in the, in the you know span of your life here. So maybe you want to want to get that solved sooner. I think you are making excuses for yourself, especially with your situation. You're not asking me the question. I live with my parents. There's no end date in sight. I don't know what to do. You know, they're, they're going to be moving out. So you can honestly tell the person that your parents, and by the way, think about this. Your parents are living with you. You're not living with your parents. So there's something a little different there. It's not like, hey, want to come back to me, to my parents' place? It's like, what? It's more like you're living at your place and your parents are there. So women will be understanding. Don't forget attraction, guys. When a woman is super attracted to you, she is pretty forgiving of a lot of crazy shit, okay? <laughs> I want to tell a story right now. Okay, fuck it, I'll tell it. Uh, all right, funny story, okay? This was, man, when was this? I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago, maybe. I remember there was this girl, and we were dating. I Really, we were kind of hooking up. It wasn't even like a dating situation, and we were hooking up and I think at this point, maybe we hooked up like maybe two times and we were at her place. And to say the least, let's just say I had some pretty bad gas that night. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know. I ate the wrong thing. Who knows what it was? And it was, I mean, it was, it was bad. It was pretty bad. I remember in the middle of us hooking up, I was like, listen, I have to, uh, I'm, I was like straight up with her. I'm like, I got bad gas and I just have to go in the other room. And she just started cracking up and I started cracking up. I was like, what can I do? Right. Cause either, either it was going to happen there and it was going to be just no good. Or I can just be brutally honest. Cause what else other reason why I would just get up in the middle of us hooking up and then just go to the other room. So I just said that and I did. And I went to the other room and I, think I had to do that like once or twice during the session. And guess what? She didn't care. And this wasn't my longtime girlfriend. We barely knew each other. We only hooked up a few times. And then we ended up hooking up a few more times after that. So what does that say? Well, that's a pretty embarrassing, even borderline gross situation. But she was very attracted and you'll find that too, when you really know how to trigger attraction in a woman, she will let go of a lot of stuff. So the fact that your parents are living with you because they have fell on hard times, 
it's that's going to be fine. Now you might also be asking me the question. Well, okay, Trip. I know that you might be cool with it, but still, like, can I still take her back? Whether she's, you know, pretending she's cool with it, can that still happen? And yes, it absolutely can. That's why there's bedrooms, and there's other places. So just take her back. Now, if you want to go back to her place, you can be honest with her too. You can say, "Hey, listen, I'd love to go back to my place and keep hanging out." But right now, my parents are staying there, and they're going to be moving out in a few months. You know, then you can be honest. Hey, yeah, they, they fell in some hard times, so I'm just not taking care of them for a bit, and they're they're moving out in a couple months. But maybe for you know, so we can have some more privacy. You know, we go back to your place. So that's one way to do it. You can even test this, or you can say, you know, hey, just so you know, my parents are staying with me for a few months, so we can go back to my place. And uh, just make the best of it. And don't worry. We'll have our own space to hang out. And you just got to own it. That's the whole thing too. You just got to own it. Potentially too, even for guys who do live at home, you could get away with it too. I'm not saying you should. You really should be trying to get your own place. But if you want to get away with it, you can. You just got to be super confident in your situation. Like, hey, I... uh just so you know, I'm living with my parents and I'm moving out eventually, but that's what's happening right now. But you should still come over. <laughs> it's not the most attractive, but if you just own the shit out of it, chances are you might be fine. So in this case, same to you. Shouldn't be a big deal. In fact, it sounds like you got a pretty good problem because you're doing everything else right. So that's good, Josh. All right, let's go to Adam. Adam says, how do you become confident when dating apps are telling you that no cute girls in a five-mile radius, downtown Chicago, find you attractive? My self-esteem is not being helped by Hinge, and I had a female friend help me pick good photos, too. I'm also 6'1". I make a healthy six figures. So it can be very frustrating knowing I'm a top 2% man in that regard. More swiping is not helpful when the algorithm just feeds you fat slash ugly chicks to be blunt. Adam. Great question, Adam. Well, first of all, I wouldn't just base this off of one, one app. So you should be on more apps. I know that's probably not the answer you're looking for, but... That's part of the answer. So yeah, you're right, dude. It it sucks. It sucks when you're on the apps and they feed you terrible people. This is one of the reasons why we don't want to be just solely focusing on apps. You got to be out there approaching. You cannot be using one source of leads to get your leads, right? Now, you're in a five-mile radius of, of downtown Chicago. That's pretty tight. I would open that up even a little bit. I know Chicago well. I'm, I'm from there originally, so I know five-mile radius is pretty much like that Chicago. Once you go off of five miles, you're, you're kind of in very much far, far further surrounding neighborhoods. But 10 miles shouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I would increase that as well. I'm not sure why you have it so tight. And it sounds like you're doing everything else right if you think that you have the best photos. 
you got to be careful though. Sometimes female friends aren't picking the right photos for you. So I don't trust her specifically. This is where I'd push you to work with a coach here at TripAdvice. I believe that we would do a better job because we know it actually works. We've tested things and we know what's going on. I know a female listening to this would probably be like, that's ridiculous. How could you ever trust a guy over a girl? We are the people who are picking. Um, but you just don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she has an ulterior motive. I don't know if she's picking something based on something PC. And I don't really like the idea of getting such a specific woman and what she would like. I don't know if that necessarily speaks for all women. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it makes me uneasy. Um, now, if I had to pick, would I pick a female over my male friend? Yes, I would do that. If I absolutely had to, I'd, I'd pick a female. But yeah, I don't know. She also might be picking through a bunch of pictures that aren't the best. Do you have actual photos of you that are taken from a professional? But either way, I know that that's not your problem. You're getting women who are not that attractive. You might want to actually restart the app. So meaning sign up all over again. That's one way to fix the algorithm. It's been known that if you get off and you get off for like a few days to a week and then come back on, you'll get fed more people. So you might want to try that if you've been doing a lot of swiping and it's not resulting in anything. So that's my practical advice for you, along with making sure that you're not just utilizing one app nor just the apps in general to produce the leads for meeting women. Thanks, Adam. Let's go to John. Okay, here's the last question. This is a long one. He says, hi, Trip. First time slash long time, which I know means first time caller, long time listener. I have a question for you that's been bugging me for some time. It's a little political, but I'll try not to actually make it about that and focus on the dating aspect. I've never been that politically active. It is not a passion or interest of mine. Nowadays, it is especially ugly and I'd prefer to focus on more positive things that inspire me while the ones who care the most can duke it out. On April, I went on a date with a woman who really called me on it as a privileged position and instantly brought up abortion rights. I made the mistake of saying I wasn't political, and I know generally you shouldn't talk about that on first dates. Long story short, that conversation got uncomfortable, and I actually walked away from the date. My only regret was not walking away sooner. I wasn't attracted to her anyway. I would love to find a woman who is similar in her lack of interest in this, but I live in LA and I'm finding many profiles that make big political statements on their profile, and I'm wondering if this pool of women even exists. I can't really move because of work, which is important to me, but I do find a bit more favorable attitudes when I get out of the city. My question is, do you have any tips on how to navigate this? Or do I actually have to do some inner soul searching and become politically active in 2022? I know I could be more confident in my position and debate my non-involvement, but I'm not really interested in dating someone I'd have to do that with anyway. Let me know what you think. I'm actually quite happy with myself and confident otherwise, but this issue makes me want to avoid dates and think women are not even fun to be around if this is what they want to focus on these days. Thanks for any insight you may have, John. John, welcome to LA, where everyone's liberal, pretty much. 
and liberals are uh, definitely very, very loud with their politics, especially in LA, being that it's such a liberal city. Now, uh, John, I want to say I relate to you because I'm not involved in politics either. I would consider myself a moderate, if anything. I like a lot of conservative stuff. I like a lot of democratic stuff or liberal stuff. So, you know, I can swing either way depending on what's going on. So I, I hear you and I empathize with you because I have good news. Guess what? You can find someone who's on your level. Okay. But I think what's more important to look at is not just about finding someone who's so, for lack of a better term, inactive as you, but it's about finding someone who doesn't make it part of their life. Okay. So what I mean is, is that there are women out there. In fact, I'm, I'm with one of them who definitely have stances on certain things, but it doesn't take over their life. And it's not a conversation that they care to be having on a consistent basis. I know a lot of other women who are very similar. I know a, a men who are similar. I bet you, you, you're, well, you're probably more like that. You, you have stances. I know that you think about stuff. And if I said, Hey, what do you think about like X, Y, and Z? You'd be like, I think about this, 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 you'd have, you'd have opinions. You're just not active in talking about them. They're not a hobby. They're not a conversation that you enjoy having all the time. There are plenty of women like that. In LA, I will admit it is a lot harder. Absolutely. It's a lot harder in that city. My guess is you'd find that in New York too, but LA just seems to be a lot only because LA is, is home of liberal media and, and Hollywood is very liberal. That's not an opinion, by the way, that's a fact. So, so I get it. Well, here's what you got to do. First of all, I, I'm, I'm even a little shocked that women are even bringing this up. I it really, that does shock me a little bit. I have a feeling I mean, really, I'd like to know, like, are all of your dates like this where they're bringing up political things? Now, I know you said here that a lot of profiles make big political statements. There's a difference between making a big political statement and being one that's super active. Now, I know, obviously, common sense, you might see a political statement on a profile and go, wow, this person's active, right? They took the time to put it on their profile. But sometimes people do that for values and a seek out and filter values, not because they themselves are super politically active. So I would test this out a little bit more. You clearly don't want to leave the city. That's fine. And go on these dates and just don't bring it up at all. And when they bring it up, I would test out just giving a very mild answer to something and trying to move on to a different conversation. And that will help filter out even more. Because I do believe that, I'm, I'm being fairly optimistic here, but I do believe that there'll be some women where, yeah, they'll be fine. Like they'll, maybe it comes up, maybe it doesn't. And, and you just kind of breeze on by. Or you can say to them, yeah, I have some opinions. I just don't spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about some of these things. And then of course you are going to get that woman who's going to say, well, you're privileged. And the reason why you're not thinking that is because you're privileged. Well, then that person just filters themselves out. Right? So, I don't know. I, I feel like you're scarred 
which I get it. You're scarred from that one date. But even as liberal as as LA is, I truly don't think that you'll have lots of dates that are going to go into that kind of topic. Or even anything related to politics as much as you did. And you would probably know, I mean, you wrote this just a couple days ago in November and and uh, that was a date you went on in, in April. But I think you got to give some of these political statement profiles that you see more of a shot and don't be so scared and then filter from there. Guys, it's better to get on more dates and filter from there than filter too hard on the profile. Sometimes a profile will not give the most accurate description of who that person is physically and personality wise, by the way. If you think a girl's like kind of cute, but you're not sure, go on the date with her. Some people take really bad pictures. Like really bad pictures where it's like, ugh, that person is not that attractive. And then you see them in person, you're like, that is a very attractive person. Who is that person in the photos? So open up more and go on more dates. Filter from the date and then see what happens and give some more of these women a shot and then for you, John, I want you to make sure that you're not bringing any of that stuff up and keep doing what you're doing. Just avoid it and just be honest. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not so active. I'm just not so active in that arena. It just doesn't take up my time. That's what I would say. And I'm, and that's, that's the truth. I say that all the time. There's two things that I don't pay a lot of attention to. Uh, let me let me actually be more specific. I, I do pay attention to politics. I, I see what's going on. And I have opinions, but I don't care to get into conversations with people to convince people of things, or I don't spend a lot of time watching videos on politics or or watching CNN or Fox News. I get my headlines. I get what's going on, but it's just not of interest to me. I vote when I vote. And I spend my time doing the things that are just more interesting to me. And people might call that privilege. Good. Great. I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe it is. Yeah, maybe that's the reality. But it's kind of bullshit if someone calls you out of being privileged. So, so because it's a privilege, that means that you have... I thought we live in a free country. That we have to... That we ha- everyone has to be political. I get that someone who might not be as privileged is going to be more political. That's just naturally how that's going to happen. But yeah, it is what it is. And you can be interested in what you want to be interested in. It's your life and you can do what you want. So anyway, that's that's what I would do. That's how I would filter. Guys, great episode today. Love the questions. Email me. I want to hear more of these questions. You guys rock. Trip at tripadvice.com. Let's hear them. Send them on over. If you need help, go to tripadvicecoaching.com. Let's get on a call. Let's get you the help you need. Let's get more dates for you online. Let's get more dates in person. Let's get you approaching. Let's get rid of that approach anxiety. Work with one of the most amazing coaches that we have here that work for TripAdvice, who are coaching all day, every day. We can help you. TripAdvice Coaching. Let's do it. Thanks, guys. Don't forget, you can DM me as well. DM me and we can chat. Take care.